Do you seek the freedom to pursue greater meaning and purpose in your life? Is there something that you're passionate about that you'd like to support by giving time, talent, or money? Do you seek a level of financial freedom to live an ideal life as you uniquely define it? Welcome to the Money and Meaning Show with Jeff Bernier, a show dedicated to helping you gain the confidence and freedom to lead a life of personal significance and help you get your actions and resources in alignment with what matters most. Hello and welcome to the Money and Meaning Show. My name is Jeff Bernier. I am the president and founder and a wealth advisor at Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, a wealth management firm in the greater Atlanta area. Uh, in this show, I try to put together uh, what I call means and meaning. So we try to do something a little different on this show. We try to have deep conversations about your values and your purpose and what really makes your heart come alive, uh, so to speak, and marry that with deep topics around financial planning and investment management and wealth management for the goal of creating the margin, creating the money and the time and the energy to go do what you're called to do. So that's really the idea behind the Money and Meaning show. I'm, again, delighted that you've decided to spend a few minutes uh, with me this afternoon. And I've got a guest today. I'm really excited about this. Um, you know, a year or so ago, uh, I had on David Holstrom, who is a friend and a colleague, um, who is a really smart investment guy. He used to sit on our investment committee. And we did sort of behind-the-curtain look at the kind of conversations we have in the investment committee meetings. And so I thought it might be kind of fun to do that again, but this time talk about broader financial planning topics um, with Mona Fami, who is um, um, a wealth advisor in our firm and, and, and really heads up our wealth management practice. And um, one of the things that occurred to me as I do these shows is, you know, I talk a lot about people moving into halftime. They're, they're in the locker room strategizing for the second half. And so I think oftentimes people get the impression that having the luxury of having these conversations about meaning and purpose mm -hmm. is only for people move, moving into retirement. Uh, and I believe nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, I believe that everyone <clears throat> can experience financial confidence and what Cal Newport calls the deep life at any phase of life and through sound financial planning is a means to that. Um, so that's why I wanted to bring Mona on because she is really well equipped to talk about these subjects. And let me talk a bit about Mona. So Mona, um, you know, I, I wrote a blog post about this a while back. I've been blessed with what uh, Jim Collins calls who luck, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and it's and it's all about and, and you all have heard these phrases about getting the right people on the bus. And I learned early on as we were building our firm, it was really about the people the quality of the people. So with Mona, I got some really good who luck. So she came limping literally into my door <laughs> in 1998. Uh, I think she had a sprained ankle right. when we first did the first <laughs> visit. Uh, and so I was fortunate to, to convince her to come join me in this journey back in 1998. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a great journey and a ride together. So Mona is um, holds a bachelor's degree from the University of Georgia. Go, go dogs. Um, uh, she has a master's degree in business administration from the American University in Cairo, Egypt. Uh, she holds a certified fund specialist designation 
and is an accredited investment fiduciary, and she is really great at what she does. So welcome, Mona, to the Money and Meaning Show. Thank you. Uh, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I am. Didn't think I was going to get an invitation. I'm not sure what took so long. Uh, Yeah, well, you know, I'm a slow learner, as most people who have listened to this show at least once have probably figured out by now. Um, But anyway, thank you for being here, and I'm I'm sorry it's taken me this long. Um, You know, I always like to start the show. I mean, you know, culture matters a lot, and the people matter a lot, and I always like to start Start with guests getting to at least introduce us to themselves and their family and things yeah. like that. So, tell yeah. us a little bit about yourself and your family, Mona. So, I have I graduated from the University of Georgia. I actually went to high school in Athens, Georgia. Okay. So, I was born in California. My dad got transferred to Georgia in the mid '80s, right when I was starting high school. I was a little bit of a culture shock going from California to Georgia, but right. definitely a, a, a lot of a good lessons learned. Um, my parents are actually still in Georgia. I went to graduated from high school in that area, went to the University of Georgia. I am now in the North Fulton area. I've been in uh, Milton, gosh, I cannot believe it. It's been almost 22 years. Right. Um, I have two children, a daughter who is 24 um, and a son who is 20. We had the luck of having both of them graduate from their respective uh, educations at the time, my daughter college and my son um, high school, in uh, May of 2020, oh, right COVID in the time. middle of, of yeah. COVID time. Yeah. Um, but so they, they both graduated in COVID year, Yes, one from yes. college, one from high school. Not the celebration I was expecting at all. I think I was more bummed about it than they were. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they, nevertheless, they graduated, um, and they're both doing well. My son's at school at Kennesaw State University. My daughter is uh, in New York, so I'm officially an empty nester. I'm kind of waiting to see who's going to boomerang back and how many times they're going to boomerang back. But um, yeah, I've, I've lived in this area for a really long time. A lot of great communities involved in yeah. different organizations and, and really love, love, love this, this area. Great. That's awesome. Well, thanks for, thanks for that. Um, you know, I talked a little bit about your joining us back in 98. Um, so talk to us a little bit about what you were doing before joining, if you can remember that yeah, far back, right. <laughs> uh, what you were doing prior to joining uh, Tandem Growth, and also a little bit about your career path at Tandem Growth. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So right out of college, I was hired by Wachovia Bank in what was their retail management program. Um, and loved it. It was a great program. Uh, I love people, and I love kind of finance and solving puzzles. And so it was really a great introduction. Um, So I worked there for about a year, but I had this real, I don't know, inner drive yearning to learn a little bit more about my heritage. Uh, My parents uh, immigrated to the U.S. from Egypt in the late 60s. Wow. And so I always had this yearning to, to kind of learn more about it, kind of live the culture versus just visiting for yeah. two weeks or three weeks. Yeah. But being ever the the pragmatic person, I was like, I can't just go and waste time. So I found an, found an accredited master's business administration program to the American University. Gotcha. So I went um, in with the thought of learning about 
my heritage as well as getting furthering my education. And I was very lucky, um, and I found a job with what was at the time Cooper and Li- Librand. Right. Um, the big, the big, big four accounting yeah, or one, six accounting, yeah, whatever they the, were. They've back now then. since then yeah. merged. Yeah. And, and I was in their management consulting department, which gotcha. basically were doing feasibility studies yeah. for different companies that wanted to invest in Egypt. Gotcha. So spent a few years there. Um, also ended up working for Citibank for their global department in Cairo a little bit. So kind of continued that path of finance, the finance world um, and solving puzzles. Yeah. I think that's always kind of been a big part of my education as well as um, professional career. Moved back into to the States when I decided to start a family because um, you definitely appreciate all of the opportunities that the States have once you've been outside of the United States. Yeah. And came back here and was really just kind of looking for a job. Um, a lot of the companies in the Atlanta area at the time weren't really sure how to use my um, international experience. That For some reason, it was a bit intimidating. Um and you had this ad, and I answered that <laughs> ad. And as you mentioned, yeah. I limped right in. Yeah. And you were very upfront with me that you thought at the time I was overqualified, I think, right. is what you said. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> but I needed a job, and you were very honest in the, in, and transparent in saying you were hoping to find someone that could grow with your practice right. that you were trying to build. Right. And so I said, let's give what it happened? a shot and see what yeah. happens. And, you know, I really loved just what I was seeing and learning about an industry that, quite frankly, I didn't even knew existed yeah. when I graduated yeah. from college. Right. So that's that's how I kind of fell gotcha. into this industry. Yeah, very cool. So what do you what do you like, um, or, or what interests you most about wealth management? I mean, what made you decide at some point I want to be an advisor? Um, I think just honestly watching you, you were quite, whether it was intentional or not, you were quite the mentor. <laughs> um, I just watching, I was really very involved in the process. And fortunately, I had the skill set and the love of kind of people yeah. that allowed me to really quickly learn and watch your process and to really, t- you know, assist you and take things off your plate. Um, and in the meantime, just kind of found that, wow, this is really cool. Look at the impact we're having on people's lives. Look at all of the different scenarios that we're handling, all the different things that come up in a person's life that we're able to tackle. So it just ended up really being a perfect match between kind of my unique abilities that yeah. we, we use a lot right. in, in, in our firm, and as well as my education and, and um, technical skill set. Right. Yeah, get to do get to do both. Got to do, gotta both. do yeah. the relational, Absolutely. emotional, as well as the technical. And that's that's what I'd say about you, Mona. I mean, you do marry those two really well. I mean, I think you're probably the best listener in the in the <laughs> um, in the office, uh, and empathetic and caring. And you know, I, I've had conversations with people about what makes a really good advisor or a good advisory firm. Uh-huh. And I think there's three things that make a really good advisory firm. Um, you've got to be caring. You got to have some empathy and care about people. You've got to be technically excellent. Right. You got to understand the technical aspect. And then as a firm, you've got to have operational excellence. Right. So you actually get things done. And you're pretty unique. I think you're you're pretty great in all all of those. Um, so what about our approach, the tandem growth approach? Um, what's different about it that you that resonates with your clients? Do you think what makes us unique to you our know, clients? I think what's really Wonderful. I know this may be, it may sound cliche, but 
really it's that we have a process. Um, that process, there's the big picture process that we use for the kind of the tandem growth way of how a prospect gets to learn about our firm, how they decide to engage us, and once they engage us, how they move forward. So there's that aspect, but internally, which I think, you know, I don't think people see it, but I think they feel it in the, in the results that they get. Um, we do have a lot of processes. So as a person who... Constantly, I feel like my mind is going a mile a minute. You know, it's just like I'm all over the place. Having that grounded process and having the tools within the firm to make sure that all of the stuff that I want to follow up with a client and remember about a client, and we've got a way to systematically put that in our day to day work. Yeah. Um, and especially as I'm getting older, my memory's not as good. <laughs> so having a way to kind of keep track and say, oh, yes, I wanted to check in on this mm. client about XYZ issue right. to make sure that they're okay, that there's nothing I can, uh, there's anything I can do to help them yeah. with. So the process, the process, the process really, the really, is the process. absolutely, yeah. because once you have that process in place and it's working, um, it really allows the advisor, and I think the client as well, to really hone in on the more kind of emotional, soft stuff that it ultimately ends up impacting their plan. Right. So it's not a yeah. waste of time yeah. because those those things that are driving their fears, their dreams, their desires – that more than anything else subconsciously affects the decisions that, are, that they're making day to day when they're out living their life. Yeah. So the benefit of the process gives you the ability to do heart to heart, deep discovery and ask what, because you are, you know, where, you, you know, where the gaps are that you'll absolutely. address in the, in the process, but it absolutely. gives you the ability to custom work. Yeah, absolutely. You know, having a system allows you, it's almost like a paradox. You know, so anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm that's curious that you would say that. I, I, you know, I, I, th- I think, um, you know, when I think about our firm and think about the things that we try to do, it's both. It's both, again, marrying the caring with the process, having a process so things don't fall through the cracks. So, as you're helping clients create clarity and confidence to live a great life, what, what do you find most rewarding in your work? So, what do you really, what really gets you jazzed about the work that you do for clients? Um, I think. It's really watching a client's life unfold. It is so rewarding to sit with a client a year, two years, three years, five years, 10 years, 15 years later, and watch just the amazing journey that they've personally taken and kind of being a witness to that. And we all know, we've all lived long enough to know that... um, it's it's a bumpy ride sometimes right. in yeah. life. Yeah. Things don't go according to plan, but being able to share in that journey yeah. and really alleviate the stress on sometimes what are some really really difficult difficult moments in a person's life, right. I find to be incredibly rewarding. Yeah, being that being that resource and being that friend and partner yeah. and confidant. Yeah, and absolutely. Listener, yeah. Yeah, I, I knew that was what you would probably yeah. <laughs> say because that's what you do uh, with that, really with excellence. So where do you find clients struggle the most? Um, I mean, we talk a lot about getting their actions and resources in alignment with what matters, and these are all great phrases that I use all the time. But when you're meeting with a couple uh, or a family, 
and you're trying to help them build a financial plan together, what are the areas where they tend to struggle the most, do you think? Are there particular areas that are common that people struggle? I find, regardless of the phase of life that a family is in, unexpected challenges or opportunities related to other family members. Mm. I would say a common theme, even though our, our client base and our prospective clients, they come from such a varied background as right. far as education, phase of life, um, beliefs. Right, values. You know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The one thing that seems to be common among all of them, they all are family stewards. Yeah, Right? They care about their they family. They all care about their family, and they have this priority of, I got to take care of my family no matter what. And so, again, regardless of the phase of life, a lot of things that come up are related to other family members, whether it's children, whether it's grandchildren, whether it's their own parents, mm-hmm. and trying to figure out if, how do I kind of appease my conscience and feel like I'm doing the most for that family member without derailing my own plan yeah. um, and without potentially enabling, if it's a challenge, right. a behavior that, that may not be acceptable. Yeah. And that's, that's the issues. area that I find is the one thing that they all struggle with because... You know, again, they're family stewards, yeah, so their yeah. instinct is to jump right in and 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 to help, right? You know, and to help. Yeah, yeah, and that's pretty common, I think, across uh, most of the clients that we serve. They, we, we, you know, you know, when you're talking about um, the plan, and um, I just, you know, I focus so much on the investment side. And I was just reading the other day about, you know, some of these practices we use in the investments. Yeah. Well, they work fine in a in a laboratory at MIT with the, with the math. <laughs> right. The math works. Right. And then you get these darn people involved, <laughs> you know, and right. they don't work quite so well. And yeah. so juggling the challenges right. around taking care of your family and right. how much is enough and uh, you know, all those kinds of issues. So, yeah. So a lot of uh, the audience occasionally, you know, won't be familiar with working with an advisor. Um, so, I mean, you talked a little bit about process. So t- walk me through a little bit about, you know, a new uh, a new client when they come on board, kind of what the process looks like for a new client. Right, um, it's it's a it seems a little time intensive in the beginning, but it's really really important. So once a prospect decides that they are going to engage us um, for a ongoing uh, relationship, the first thing is really kind of onboarding, kind of setting the stage of what the rules are, which is. Signing an advisory agreement, setting expectations, um, going through kind of the legalese and making sure everything is set and there's a clear understanding of what our promises and what their rights are. So that's really, really important in the front. And then we're just getting a ton of information, as much information that a client, and we try to make it... um, as least cumbersome as we possibly can. So whatever method works for a client, we're trying to get all their information. Um, uh, Financial statements, uh, mortgage statements, any other related debt, uh, employee benefits, their wills, their tax returns, everything we possibly can get from a client. As well, we have them fill out a little questionnaire so we can kind of gauge kind of where their head is at on on certain things. Um, and then we have what is probably, I think, one of the funnest meetings. It's a long meeting, but one of the funnest meetings is um, 
what we call a discovery meeting. And in this meeting, we spend the majority of the time, yes, we go through the, the, the actual papers that they've brought in, making sure we've got everything covered, but we really spend a lot of time on what this household wants, right? Um, and we're just getting a lot of history. Like I, one of my favorite things is we kind of build a family tree. And I love doing that because I love to see the people in the background that um, helped kind of build this couple that I'm seeing in yeah. front of me today. Yeah. Um, it may impact the plan, as you mentioned before. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a lot of family dynamics that end right. up uh, impacting a plan. So, um, And then we ask a lot of questions about where are you trying to go? And in an ideal world, what does that look like? You know, how early do you get to retire? What does funding education look like? Yeah. How are you, uh, what are your dreams? Do you want a vacation home? Do you just want to be able to rent someplace every year? You know, are you trying to do this big project and build a pool in your backyard? Yeah. Whatever it may be, we go through all of the ideals. And then we to kind of tone it back a little bit and say, okay, if ideals can't be met, what are the things that you consider acceptable? And we start kind of creating the guardrails of what we're going to do for trade-offs in their plan. Um, and then the next meeting at that point would be usually, if the, I always give the client the choice, I have some clients who love digging deep into the investment problem pro process, others not so much. Um, and so for clients who want a little bit more of an education, we have them do a meeting, a collaborative portfolio design meeting usually that you run, where you kind of just dive in on our investment philosophy, what it is that we believe in how the markets work, and kind of set the stage of how a portfolio will be managed. Um, yeah. Again, and so that's that, that meeting is important. Um, and then a few weeks later, we get together for an actual implementation. So we actually do the plan. And right. in that meeting, we just go through, this is this is what your plan is saying. These are the items that we need to tackle. And then it's just tackling those things. And, you know, you always say it's hard to eat the elephant all in one bite. Right. Um, it is very true. So we together, yeah. we prioritize. What are the things that really need to be kind right. of tackled first? What's a realistic time frame? What's stuff that we can put off for six months? What's stuff that can be put off for a year later? Right. And then we're there just kind of in our, our review cycle at that point. Right. Yeah. Okay. So implementation could be a lot of things. Though. It could be yeah, tax absolutely. stuff. It could be refinancing mortgages. It could absolutely. be paying off debt, wills, trust. Wills, and, auditing uh, beneficiaries. That's right. a big one. Like, you know, yeah. I'll have a client who maybe they just did their wills. Yeah. But then I'm looking, I'm like, huh, your beneficiaries don't match up at all with, with what your state plans. Yeah. So let's tackle that first. Yeah, you know? with the gaps. And a lot of times it's easy. It, sometimes it's really easy stuff. Sometimes it's a little bit more complicated and, and time consuming. Yeah. Um, whatever it is, we just prioritize together. If there's something that's such a red flag that I, then we just push it up to the list and yeah. say, this is something that really needs to be tackled right. first. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's helpful. So, um, y y you know, I, I, I talked earlier about, um, you know, about the idea in our firm helping people create the margin, the mm -hmm. capacity to live their version of a meaningful life as they, as they define it. And, and as I also mentioned, um, just naturally over the last uh, 36 years I've been doing this, you know, we've attracted a lot of people who are in sort of that moving into that fourth quarter, right? right? Moving into the retirement phase, if you will. Um, and, um, you know, as I also mentioned is, you know, this is really not just about people who are moving into the retirement phase. Um, you know, um, and so you serve and we serve as a firm 
people who are building wealth, who are still busy with kids in middle school or high school, and they're very busy, and they've got careers. And, and, and again, I believe that sound planning can still can give you the freedom at all stages of life. I mean, that's kind of the, the basis that I, that I operate on. I'd love for you just to talk briefly about the typical challenges of this second group, this wealth building group. So, you know, what are the challenges that this, uh, the typical family has that's building wealth for the future? They're not, you know, they're not, they're not moving into the second half yet. They're still in act one mm-hmm. of this, of this play. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the typical challenges that they're facing that, uh, that they have to negotiate? Yeah, it's interesting because this is an area I would say in the, 24 some years I've, I've worked with you and in this industry that um, it's, I really feel like it's a growing area where, with, a, with, with a growing need. Um, I remember, you know, why clients, do you say that? Well, clients who were kind of on the verge of retiring, we'd often hear the comment, man, I wish I had known about you 20 years ago. Mm, right. And we kind of started kind of keep hearing that, hearing that, and it, and it kind of changed our focus of, of, you know, maybe that's something we should consciously try to make an impact on is people prior to this this point. Um, because I truly believe that the earlier you start planning, the the further you'll go in your journey with less stress. Mm, because more and options. The, absolutely. Um, because I would say the biggest issue for this demographic, people in that phase of life, is that their resources are pulled in so many different directions, both time and money. Yeah. Right? So busy careers, kids are in the middle of school as well as activities, parents are aging, um, and they're trying to be social, right? They're trying to have their own life life as well. Take a vacation once in a while. Exactly, exactly. And so time-wise, they just don't have a ton of time. And then as far as financial, same thing. They're trying to pay down their mortgage, potentially help a parent, educate um, their kids now, giving them all the opportunities now, as well as encourage whatever um, hobbies they may have, whatever skills those kids are starting to develop as well as trying to save for retirement and as well as trying to enjoy the journey. And yeah. so they're constantly torn between, man, I want to enjoy. I, I, I see how quickly my kids are growing and I yeah. want to have fun with them. Yeah. But college is right around the corner. Right. What do I do? Yeah. And so th- this this strain Allocation on resources, resources is really, really their biggest time, issues. Time, energy, and money. Yeah, and again, yeah. they again they still have a tendency to be family stewards, so they yeah. do want to do what's best. Yeah, and they're bright people. It's not yeah. like they couldn't go and research and right. try to make decisions about do I do a Roth four hundred one k or a traditional four hundred one k? Do I use the Georgia five twenty hand? They could do the research. They don't have the time or the energy. They don't have. They just yeah. really don't. Yeah, they really don't. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. I, I see this. It's it's really a it's kind of a metamorphosis when a when a, this wealth building couple comes into the office and they and they're just swamped with work responsibilities and and they may not even be absolutely on in sync with mm-hmm. what they oh, yeah. <laughs> what, what their goals are they may have you know in the big stuff they, they are. usually yeah, are they but are. on the tangential things they might uh, not unlike they uh, usually want to go to the same place they just have different ideas how to get there yeah and, <laughs> and you know and I mean you know I can I can relate to this in my own home you know one, one of us might be more interested in, in experiences and right. the other one might like a new sofa you know I mean so I mean just <laughs> right. silly things like that 
But the metamorphosis that I'm referring to is, you know, this couple will come in and they'll think that they are, you know, they're stressed because they've got all these competing things going on. And just by having a plan, even if it's not the ideal plan, just by having a plan, understanding the choices, the freedom that that, I mean, I see it. I mean, I see it in like a three or four month period. You know, month one, they come in and it's, it's a really difficult time because they've got all this, a lot of opportunities because they're, you know, they're, they're doing well in their careers and all that. They just don't have a lot of time and and they have stress because they're trying to do the right thing. And then three months later you see them and they still have some of the same challenges, Mm -hmm. but they have a plan uh, around what are we going to allocate? Right. that they end up agreeing to. And it's just the freedom that you see is yeah. really quite interesting. Um, uh, so it's, I think that's a large, a large part of what you were saying about these challenges. Yeah. So let's, let's do a couple more here, and then we'll wrap up. But let's, let's talk about this wealth-building couple mm-hmm. uh, or family, you know. And uh, so they're, let's say they're in their early 40s, and they both work for large companies with great benefits, and they might have kids in high school or middle school or whatever. Um, so what are the kinds of things that you help them with? What are the things that you're addressing in terms of a, of a, of a wealth management plan? Right. So once I have a clear idea of truly what their goals are, what it is that they're trying to, to accomplish, both near-term and, and, and long-term, then I've got kind of the general vision. And then I just really, really focus on what their resources are. And it's pretty basic stuff. I mean, one of the biggest areas that, again, for people in this phase of life, one of their, really their biggest resources are, is their income. Right. And uh, their benefits through work. This is one of, it's a big, big, big resource. So we want to make sure that they are optimizing everything that they can through work. Yeah. Um, and so we kind of start off there and from there we figure out, okay, how much you need as emergency reserves, how you've got this cash flow and you've got all these different expenses. How do we make sure that you're saving enough? What from a work standpoint can we use? Do you have an HSA that we can maximize? What does your 401k and match look like? Um, what are the insurance options available, disability, not a fun topic, one that's always on Mm -hmm. on the, you know, but when your biggest resource is your income. You got to protect it. And you're right at a stage where you're not funded for long-term goals and you've got a family relying on you. It's a really, really important topic. So is there stuff we can maximize at work? If not, do we need to go out? Um, Life insurance in general. So really I kind of start there because there are a lot of resources at work Again, for a person who their money is being pulled from so many different that you can leverage. And then we just kind of tackle, okay, you've got all these resources at work. Taxes are an issue, right? A lot of, you know, taxes is an issue for everybody. So knowing what your tax situation is, what your resources are at work, how do we maximize those options at work to help you reduce your taxes, to hopefully increase your cash flow, because again, you're being pulled in so many different directions. Um, then we'll, we'll just look at kind of estate plan. Are your wills outdated? Have they taken into consideration some of the changes that happened in 2018, 2019, 2020? All these different changes, are they being, are they reflected in your documents? And also, are they reflecting the changes that are going on in your family? Right. You know, um, 
what you were thinking when your kids were just babies yeah. and the people that could help at that yeah. point, like parents maybe could have helped, right. but now that they're teenagers, given yeah. that they've aged, maybe that's not the case. Right. So we really kind of go through all the areas of planning, yeah. um, but the key thing is is using what they've got today. Yeah, the present resources. Present resources yeah. um, to just maximize it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you said that about the risk management aspects because I think we uh, many people ignore that because yeah. it's, it is a little messier. But, you know, uh, you know, Nick Murray has a great line that I steal all the time is we have to protect against things that can go wrong. Yeah. So we have the luxury of investing for things that could go right. Um, but, again, you touched on a lot there. So it's risk management, it's cash reserves, it's education funding, it's tax planning. Obviously, leveraging the benefits. Absolutely. You talked a lot about that. It's really important for this group. Um, goals-based investment planning is, is kind of a, a, an obviously the area that I spent a lot of my time on. Um, and then, of course, estate planning and wealth transfer. And at the end of the day, it's the gaps. Right. Figure out where are the gaps. Right. What are the gaps that we need to close? And really back to these resource allocation again. Mm-hmm. You know, what, how, do we, how do we fill these gaps in the most efficient way through employer benefits or right. outside or or, or so forth. So that's great. Do you, do you think that for a typical family, there is a perfect plan? Is there an optimal slash perfect plan? Yes. There is? I do. I think there is an optimal plan, but we have to recognize that it's constantly changing because hmm. it's optimal for now. Ah, okay. Right? So it might be optimal today. Okay. Given the circumstances, the things that they're trying to accomplish and the resources that they have at the time. Okay. Two years from now, the optimal plan will change. Okay. And in order for an optimal plan to continue to be optimal, you have to be very upfront and transparent, primarily with yourselves, the the, the household. They have to be really honest. I mean, if if we created this optimal plan and they're supposed to be saving X amount of dollars every year and and they're not, they got to be transparent and say, what has changed? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, And what trade-off are they willing to make? And what trade-off they're making. Once, but it's always changing. That optimal plan is always changing. Okay. Which is why we have this consistent, ongoing, ongoing review process. Yeah. Because what is optimal when we first got together may look totally different two years from now when all yeah. of a sudden your kid who's dreaming to go to UGA, it's not an option, but they want a similar experience. So they've decided to go to Auburn instead. And yeah. that's a totally different cost. But because you've been doing right and living that optimal plan, the old optimal plan, yeah. all these years, now you've got these options, and let's look at the trade-off, and the yeah. optimal plan has now changed. Okay. So when you say optimal plan, you're talking about based on the goals that you gave me, the, our recommendation on um, an efficient allocation of these mm-hmm. resources, but it doesn't mean it can't change. Absolutely. Um, because their goals change, yeah. tax laws change, their family situation changes, mm-hmm. as we just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that's great. And you've covered a lot of areas. I mean, there's a lot of areas here that are included in holistic financial planning. Um, how do you stay up on all this? How do you keep up with all these various areas? Because some of it's quite technical. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's important. Constant education is important. We do have a culture of, of learning at Tandem Growth. So being in that culture um, helps. We're constantly reading, taking advantage of any um, continuing education that's out there, both because we have to do it, but also just, again, for that love of learning. A lot of times education is driven by client situations that we see. So you and I will see a situation and be like, let's, what's the most efficient way to handle this? Like, what, is there something there? And it'll help us dig in a little bit 
further yeah. into a topic and help us expand our our, yeah. our 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 growth and um, perspective on a certain topic. But also, we've got great. Um, resources, professional resources out there. We have a wonderful integrated advisor network with a lot of professionals from different areas. And we just, we just ask them, we, you know, whether it's just a specific question or have them do a little bit of a, an education kind of workshop for us, whatever that may be. But it also, it always starts with that kind of culture of learning. Yeah. Well, and, and when you talk about the network, mm-hmm. I mean, we collaborate with the network. Absolutely. So, the, you know, there's still, we've still got technicians that we bring to the table. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not practicing law. No. You know, no. we're not drafting documents. No. So we do need a high level of state planning council. And, and obviously that's a lot of the guests on this show. I right. Mean, I bring in a lot right. of the people. So the audience pretty And that clear collaboration on that. opens our eyes on so many things. So when I'm sitting in a meeting with a client and a state planning attorney and I'm participating in, because I've got the client's perspective of what it is they're trying to accomplish, what's important to them, what they want to do for their family. And and I'm trying to kind of translate that desire to an attorney. And the attorney is just giving the details of what's the best efficient way to reach that and what are things that we are not considered from a legal standpoint. That constant collaboration just kind of helps us continue to learn and, and have different ideas and scenarios that are in our background, yeah. um, which is good. Well, and adds, it adds great value to the client, too, yeah, absolutely. because it is sort of an interpreter <laughs> between <laughs> what the technician said and what they said in right. the office when they were just right. brainstorming right. before without any filters right. on what can and can't be done legally. Well, this has been awesome, Mona. Oh, I don't want to keep you too much longer because <laughs> I, know, I know that you've got a lot on your plate. And um, it's, it's really, this has been really fantastic. Oh, I, thank you. Thank I, you for I, having I, me. I, and, uh, yeah, this is awesome. But as we wrap up, so... Kind of give me a final statement on the benefits of comprehensive planning to this wealth accumulation couple or client. You truly get to enjoy the journey more. Ah, yeah. Um, that's what I would say. Is it's so there is a reward today. There it's not is all, a reward. You're not today. all breaking rocks for twenty years. Correct. Now. You yeah. get to enjoy the journey more with less stress, um, and. You have someone that's really an advocate, someone that's really on your side, yeah. allowing you to live your life, your best life, um, in a way that's that's less stressful. Yeah, well, and more I mean, resource. Yeah, you know, and, and, like and that's resource. true with, with with a lot of great firms that, that the audience could could visit, but certainly they get you too in our <laughs> firm. So that's a bon- that's <laughs> a bonus. So, well, any final thoughts or comments as we wrap up? No, no. This is, this has been fun. I've always wondered what you do when you do these podcasts, so now I I, I know what, <laughs> yeah, you, what you're doing. Pretty underwhelming, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, this has been fun. Thank Good. You. Well, great. Well, how can how can the audience find you if they want to find Mona? How do they find Mona? Easy enough. You could just go to tandemgrowth.com and look at, you'll see us on our website. And, or you could just uh, email, email me at mona at tandemgrowth.com, M-O-N-A at tandemgrowth.com. And happy to answer any questions that anybody may have. Awesome. Thank you so much. This is great. Well, thank you guys uh, again for joining us today for the Money and Meaning Show. It's been really one of, uh, a really a great show. I've really enjoyed hanging out oh, with you, Mona. You. <laughs> we, I, we do this all the time. I know. And we just need to put a camera in the office <laughs> when we're just chatting off the cuff because I think there's some useful information yeah. for people who are thinking about 
their financial plans or do I need a financial planner or what happens right. with a financial planner and is it you know is it just for rich people or whatever I mean right. so great great insight thanks for joining us on yes, this and thank you. thank you guys for joining us as well and uh, if you'd like to learn more you can uh, check us out uh, on the website as Mona okay. mentioned tandemgrowth.com uh, if you'd like to, to give some feedback on the show you can email us at money and meaning at tandemgrowth.com and if you check us out on your various streaming services um, iTunes Spotify the normal ones uh, check us out give us a rating if you like the show and, uh, and have a great day thank you for listening to the money and meaning show with Jeff Bernier a show dedicated to help you gain the confidence and freedom to lead a life of personal significance and help you get your actions and resources in alignment with what matters most we would love to hear from you if you have any questions for Jeff or comments on the show Feel free to reach out to us at moneyandmeaning at tandemgrowth.com or you can find us on the web at www.tandemgrowth.com. Jeff Bernier is the President and Chief Investment Officer at Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. This show is a production of Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC. All information discussed is general in nature, is provided for informational purposes only, and should not be construed as specific financial, legal, or tax advice. Listeners should consult an attorney or tax professional regarding their specific legal or tax situation. Listeners should not rely on the content of this podcast as the basis for any investment decisions. A professional advisor should be consulted and or independent due diligence should be conducted before implementing anything discussed in this show. While information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC, does not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC, does not make any representations or warranties as to the accuracy, timeliness, suitability, completeness, or relevance of any information prepared by any unaffiliated third party, such as guests on the podcast, and takes no responsibility for the same.